We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst with Simon Campbell and Norman Riley to talk to you about West Bromwich Albion 2, Newcastle United 2 and also look ahead to Chelsea at the weekend. Me and Norman were at the Hawthorns last night and so I watched it on telly um, so we're going to talk about that. Lots to get through I suppose for that and then we're also going to look ahead to um, a guaranteed three points on Saturday at Stamford Bridge. Um, you know this is the third podcast in about four days. So we've been talking to you a lot recently. A uh, little bit of a break now on Monday until the next one. We'll do the Chelsea uh, Chelsea review and look ahead to Leicester with Craig Hope of the Daily Mail. We'll be always a pleasure to have Craig on. And after um, Mark Douglas joined us on Monday, if you haven't listened to that podcast, please do. It's uh, It's been a, a bit of a star-studded couple of weeks for us. We're hoping to get Martin Hardy on as well before Christmas. So, Norman, I'll, I'll jump straight in with you. Um, a point gained last night, Norman, or two dropped? Um, we have to look at it as a point because we were 2-0 down uh, before the game and 15 minutes when just how horrible they were um, I thought we had a chance to get the three points um, but as soon as that second goal went in we were just um, we were just hoping and praying that we'd get something out of it and, and getting the getting the draw in the end it, it ended, on a, ended on a positive note you know when you're 2-0 down away from home and you come back and you, um, you get a couple of goals back and get a point of it is it is a buzz, um, and I even thought after the second goal, winning, I still thought we might go and win it. And it's one of those games where you think if they played an extra five or ten minutes, we, we probably would have gone. We were definitely in the, in the ascendancy at that point, and um, having Shelby on the pitch in the middle of Marino was uh, was really making a difference because those two work work really well together. And um, and obviously Aaron Zimitrovic coming on as well. They they were really starting to get into the stride, and um, yeah, we we ended we ended um, the game the, the stronger side and. I would, um, yeah, definitely think we could have gone on a one, but yeah, but the point, the point's good in the circumstances. Yeah, um, obviously the the away end was. I wouldn't say it was starting to turn, but two 0 down last night, Norman. It was certainly uh, not a very happy place. And then if you compare that to full time, and I've just written in my special for uh, for next for Saturday. By the way, if you haven't signed up for the special free match day newsletter from True Faith. Featuring us three here and other writers, please do. I'll put a link to subscribe in the description of this podcast. I mean, I was I was writing saying of the two sets of fans coming out of the game, it was you know Newcastle Newcastle fans smiling faces, singing joyous, you know all that kind of stuff. And West Brom West Brom West Brom fans very much disappointed. You know, two points thrown away. And that that West Brom capitulation reminded me very much of Newcastle in 08-09. We enjoyed throwing away a two goal lead then. 
And then I think if you look at the end of the game, um, the basic time waste and tactics of West Brom were like, I was quite shocked to see another Premier League team do that against us to hold on for a point, um, considering we lost four yeah. in a row, etc. But yeah, I mean, you're saying that there's very much a point gained. What did you make of West Brom, Norman? I mean, uh, so I watched the uh, I watched the highlights a couple of hours ago, and on paper they're not they're not a bad side. I mean, you know, they are what they are. They're a physical, pureless, molded side, um, and they do have they do have the experience. Um, the centre mid was was Livermore, and and Barry and Livermore was Livermore's um, <laughs> been around for quite a while. Uh, he's Barry in there with over six hundred games. You know, they they are they are what they are. They're a, they're a functional side um, that, are, that are lacking in confidence, and I think that um, I think with Pardew going in there, it, it's it's going to go two ways. He's going to go in and he's going to win like, like four or five off the spin, and he's going to end up finishing, you know, sort of fourteen, fifteenth, um, or they're just going to sink. Um, the, the same thing that happened at, at Charlton may happen with him again. They'll just um, he's inheriting a kind of a, a squad that can only really play one way. And is Pardew the, the the man to get it out of them? I don't know. Um, but yeah, really, they were they were poor last night. And when they went two goals up, you just thought, I, I can't I can't believe this is happening because it, it wasn't as if it wasn't as if there was any kind of golf class, you know. We I think we were probably we probably just shaded it up until they until they had scored. Um, I suppose you could say the last sort of ten minutes of the first half, they they started getting on top and. Robson Cano did have a couple of good chances, but fortunately, Robson Cano isn't a particularly good player, and um, he, he blew those. Um, so to be two 0 down to them after fifty six minutes was, yeah, it was a huge disappointment. Um, and and as I meant, as I said before, that they're such a, a poor side at the moment. They're so low on confidence that if the game had gone up five or ten minutes, I think we would have got another goal. So it's a, it is a shame. It's yeah, it's a point picked up and it's two points dropped. If you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Um... I suppose, from from my perspective, I kind of broadly agree with you. Um, we, I think, we controlled that game for the first thirty five, and the kind of the back um, half an hour. So we controlled the game for 65, 70 minutes, but in that fifteen twenty minute period, we managed to concede two goals. Like West Brom's only strong spell, and I suppose that's the difference between us and us and them and other teams at the moment. And we're having to play exceptionally well right now to pick up anything. If you look at the wins, bar Palace, we've been excellent in all of them. And it kind of I'm kind of a little bit concerned that West Brom could be so bad last night and take a point from the game. But maybe maybe that's not given enough credit to, to what the lads did. And I mean Norman, do you do you think Newcastle played well? If I was to say say to you now, did Newcastle play well last night, what would you say? Um, we have to look at the, the, the bigger picture. We've just come off a run of four, losing four matches. So you could you could feel, um, especially the way we were stood as well. We were quite close to pitch. I think you, you could you could kind of feel a bit of tension um, amongst the, the lads on the pitch. It wasn't it wasn't hugely vocal, and um, there was a lot of sort of tentative approach play. Um, so yeah, we we played. Put it this way: After coming off the back of four defeats, I thought we played well, considering that um, we had to be we had to be careful. And I think before the match, it, it's one of those where you think, "Are we going? Are we just going? Do we just want to stop the off? Well, yes, probably. Did we succeed in doing that? Yes, and we played all right. Um, hopefully, the fact that we are two goals down, the, the the team, the squad will take a lot of confidence from being able to to pull it back. Um, 
it's just a shame that we've got Chelsea away in the next match, obviously, because it's, it's one of those you think, no matter what we take out of, of coming from behind last night, it's going to be hard to kind of carry that over into a, into a game against a side as, as good as Chelsea. Um, another word on West Brom, I mean, yeah, they, they weren't particularly good, but what they did have is, again, which we are clearly lacking, and we've seen this on numerous occasions now, is power. They're, they're just a powerful side, and sides that we've come up against have got sort of three or four players who were just built like like tanks. They're like, they've got the, the kind of the physiques of 100-metre sprinters, and we don't have that. And I think um, I think it tells at certain points. Like Phillips last night, every time he got the ball for that sort of 15, 20-minute period when they were in control, he just shrugged players off the ball. Um, so I think that's going to be a, a bit of a sticking point for us this season. It's just that, that physicality that we're lacking. So no matter, no matter how poor, poor the opposition might be, the likelihood is they're always going to have the physical advantage on us. And that, and that obviously tells in games like last night. Obviously, I totally agree. We were stood there just looking at that big Egyptian centre back, and I don't know. I think you call him a rhinoceros at one point. <laughs> he's sphinx. He's a, I said he's basically he's like a he's like a sort of sphinx, but not a not half cat like half rhino. <laughs> but um, that's how big he was in the flesh. Um, not we're not saying he was fat here, by the way. Just a massive, huge bloke, like pure muscle. Pure muscle. Yeah. Same for same for Rondon. I like. Blokes next to us who we'll probably discuss later on with someone saying you fat bastard him like he ain't fat, um he's just he's just no. an absolute tank. But to, to obviously we, we've talked about it before. I've talked about it before as well. So I agree with you on the physicality and the lack of height and strength that we will have compared to our opponents. Um, however, I pointed out to you last night we're just still massively naive again, and and it's something that's really starting to cost us. And it's like it's little things and. It's probably hard to miss at times, but last night there was no bookings. The referee didn't book anyone. He spent about 40 minutes of the game like laughing at, in players' faces and talking <laughs> to them really loudly. It was dead weird. Um, but he wouldn't. Close to them as well. Yeah, really, like, really close to them. Weird bloke. But there was. Who, seven, who was that one? Oh, was it? No, it was. Um, I don't know who it was. I, I know who it was, but I can't remember his name. But the. Um, there was times where. Jacob Murphy, particularly, I'm talking right in the start of the game, first 10, 15 minutes, beat his man, beat his man, what does the man do? Pulls him back. Yellow card all day, all day long. Does Jacob Murphy say anything to the ref? Nope. Does, I don't know, does Kieran Clark run over to the ref and just kind of, without like brandishing a yellow card in front of him, do they say anything? Do, do our players, I'm not talking surrounding the ref, but do they have a word? No, we don't. And it's like, we're not a good enough side to have Jacob Murphy beat his man and then get pulled up. And then just have then just be okay with that, and it's very it's very small things. But I compare it to Robson Carnu. Every time Robson Carnu got got fouled, he would turn to the ref and shout at him. Even if it wasn't a, a yellow card offence, there was one time I think Mbemba brought him down. It was like the first time Mbemba had clashed with him, and then um, Robson Carnu turned around to the the ref and did a one two three four motion with his fingers, saying to the ref, "I've been fouled four times here. What are you going to do about it?" And it's that kind of attitude which our lads at the moment just just don't have, we don't have that nasty streak we've talked about and West Brom started building up ahead of steam, we were committing foul after foul after foul and we had nothing to say about it. Whereas if you look at, I think, um, uh, Matty Phillips gave her a corner in the second half and he spent about two minutes in the referee's face about it. Like, we just don't have, we're, we're kind of apologetic at times and I just feel, I feel we need to toughen up a bit and in that little spell last night that we had where we, we, we conceded the two goals, 
West Brom were all over us, but they were all over us physically as well. And I suppose it's a concern that can't really be addressed until January. I mean, we may as well bring that on the team selection side because I thought he made certain changes to bring some physical physicality into the team. Simon, so my first question to you is, people are saying the team that finished last night should start on Saturday. Your thoughts on that? Well, you can't... Football doesn't work like that. You can't just go, right, for 50, 15 minutes, we're finished quite strongly. That team has to start. That's not how football works. There's a reason... We've, we've talked about it to death. We talked about it um, on the on the YouTube video last week. Which does not want to do because we're doing this. But yeah. Back next week, um, maybe. There's a reason Hossley gets gets the nod over Mitrovic, despite their similar goal scoring records, etc. Um, Can't reverse that one because Hossley's record's shite. But. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> four, four goals and 25 in the championship. <laughs> um, my point being is that it, if he starts again on Saturday, we can't, we can't be surprised. And he he did his job last night, Hosley again. He didn't really, didn't really get on the end of any chances. There was a good couple of crosses went into, and he probably could have done something with them. But his general kind of hold up play and and bringing people in the game that probably doesn't get as much recognition because he's a striker who doesn't score goals. But I wouldn't I wouldn't suddenly throw Mitrovic on if that's if that's your point. Um, no, however, it, wasn't, it wasn't just Mitrovic, but we may, we may as well talk about Mitrovic because you brought him up, Sai. Like. Me and Norman came out of the game to social media, and again, it's social media is not representative of all fan opinion. This idea that Mitrovic changed the game out, was kind of prevalent, and this he must he now now what we've now we've seen that he must start on Saturday. Yeah. Do you not agree with that? You know what? That doesn't really make any sense. I, just, <laughs> I don't understand that reaction. We played well for the last fifty minutes. We'd already scored before he came on, so the momentum was going our way. Kieran Cork changed the game. Kieran Clark, <laughs> maybe they thought it was him again. <laughs> yeah, like the Ron, West Ham like, game. West Ham, yeah. <laughs> Kieran Clark scores. Mitro. Um, it was it was weird because the momentum went, and obviously the changes are absolutely right. It was right to bring Mitrovic on, and it was right to get Aaron's in the game. And Aaron's was excellent, by the way. Um, so everything did look good, but the, you know the, the the change had already happened. Something snapped, and we just thought, for fuck's sake, lads, we're losing to West Brom here, and, and that seemed to click before the Mitrovic came on. I'm not discrediting him. I just think he he did an all right, fifteen minute spell. He wasn't exactly like he's changed the game. He linked up a bit of play, had some chances. He scored an offside goal, but did he? I thought that was uh, Marino. That was uh, yeah. Was it Marino? Yeah. No, I thought it was Mitrovic. The goal. The goal was Mitrovic. The offside was Perez. I think. Oh, All right. Well, anyway. Aye. Um, um, well, what was it? Um, <laughs> so, I, I, what you're saying is that he didn't do that well yes. when he came however, out. However, however, the, the two players who should start the next game who finished the game, Aaron's and fucking Shelby. Aaron's was excellent. Shelby and Marino in midfield were, were just, we looked a totally different team. We looked like a team that could compete with anyone in the Premier League. I like Hayden. He's a good lad. He's a good grafter. But he hasn't got the quality of Marino and Shelby. And if that's our centre midfield against anybody, you'd think we've got a chance. And I'm not saying we're going to be Chelsea, but we just looked so good. We need to get them too fit and playing more regularly. I'll try and just provide a counter-argument here for, for both the points. So, number one, Amit Richard, I think it's worth saying, because he's had his critics on this podcast, which include us three, that he played well when he came on. And he also did well against Watford when he came on. What, what impressed me most about Mitrovic last night is that I've mentioned this before in something that he doesn't do. He took up a really positive position straight away between Johnny Evans and the fullback, which if you if you look at our strikers, that's Rafa's Rafa's centre forward position is in between the fullback and the striker. Dwight Gale stands there when he plays up front by himself. Hosselu 
always stands there by himself and it might seem really trivial to people listening but the fact that Mitrovic for so long just hasn't done that is what's driven me mad because it's so obvious what we want to do he did that last night and he, he immediately created a bit of panic and division between um Johnny Evans and the I forget who the fullback was for them but he immediately made them drop back about five yards. He went up for a header, first of all, with both of them. They both went for the same ball. He didn't win the header, but they immediately were like, shit, there's something different here. He was nearly in behind us, so they dropped back a further five yards. So that's that's good. That's positive for Mitrovic. He did all right. My point to, to you, side was kind of broadly agreeing with you. When he, when he came back and looked at social media, it's almost like he scored a hat-trick to win the game, yeah. which is not which is not the case. I mean, the, the bar has been set so low. Yeah that it's almost like coming on and not being shit is worthy of huge praise. And he got a huge praise from the away end for it. I would, I would probably, I don't know, if, if he plays like that last night, I would play him on Saturday. Yeah. But I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say if he plays on Saturday, we might not get that. Now, you'll never know unless you play him. So it's almost like we may, we need, we may as well try something. Three games for Hosselu in a week might be a bit, a bit much because let's, let's face it, I'm sure Norman will agree with us here, Hosselu last night ran himself into the ground. He was shite against Watford. Everyone was shite against Watford, but he was really bad against Watford. He won nearly every single header gun. He linked up play with Perez very well. He brought teammates into play. Now, the fact that it's 40 yards from goal isn't necessarily his fault, but Hosselu did play well last night, yeah. so, you know, it's it's not as clear-cut for me. Personally, Rich, I think, tends to raise his game against the big teams. Maybe, maybe I, th- I think what you hit the nail on the head there. It's it's the reaction. I feel like I'm always having to try and bring balance, and therefore have to be nasty to Mitrovic, because, and I'm sure this is what it was like in the in the away end last night. He he gets he gets the same kind of treatment that Shearer did. Like <laughs> every every time he's on the side, probably better. Time, yeah, probably he, he gets better more, than more adulation than Shearer did. Like for a bloke who's done so little for us in two years, it just doesn't make any sense. And uh, you know, I want him to do well. As you know. If he, if he comes on and plays like that, he, he's he's worthy of a bit more football for Newcastle. But I'll just never understand why it's got to be. Well, there he is. That's it. That's a point proven. He should have played yeah. every game. So it's not nothing's been proven yet. And it's it's the same on your other point about Aaron's and Shelby. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge John Joe Shelby fan, but I, I kind of I kind of backed that last night. Oh, he absolutely deserved to be b- dropped. Bit of physicality in the middle. Isaac Hayden back. We're going to keep it. Hopefully, nil nil little half time. Shelby's not your man, but. There's some bizarre comments afterwards saying when Rafa finally plays his best team. Well, let's take Orlando Aaron's. How many injuries has the kid had in, in the last four years, three years? How many like career-threatening injuries has he had to go through? Can you imagine how difficult it's been for him psychologically to get back to running at full pace, to get back to training every single day in a good high intensity, which Rafa expects? Chucking in Orlando Aaron's from the start of the season would have been a farce. And by the way, played really well against Forrest, but a lot of people saying, oh, what's happened with Aaron's? What happens, what's happened with Aaron's? As Mark Douglas quite rightly alluded to on Monday's podcast with us, he was like, these guys' time will come. And when their time does come and they take their chances, they'll end up being in the team. I can personally, after seeing last night, and Jacob Murphy's done fine, but he's played lots of games. I would back Rolando Aaron's in the team for Saturday. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely not Great. just a case of finally Rafa stumbled upon his best team. Rarely, rarely in football are things as easy as just that's your best team or bloody hell all of a sudden like we've, we've you know stumbled on this magical solution. Would that team that started the game last night have been able to kind of control and dictate the first 30 minutes? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But we'll never know. It's all kind of hypothetical. 
But I wish people at social media, and I know we shouldn't go on so much about it, but I wish people on social media would give Rafa Benitez a little bit more respect than just saying, well, he stumbled on his best team and that team needs to start for the reasons we've gone through. Norman, your take on Mitrovic last night? I thought he did. Um, I thought he did well when he came on. He was an effective sub. Um, effective sub, and like as you said, he, he did the job that um, that Ralph wants him to do. Um, he wasn't magnificent. Um, he just he was just effective. Um, and going back to Hercelo, I think Simon, you made a good point about saying it's about balance. Um, Mirovic did well when he came on. Mirovic can. Well, we know that that he's got he, he's got football and ability. And when his head's in the right place, and when he's doing what. Manager one, um, he can be an excellent player at times. Um, but the Hosselu situation with, and again, yes, it is social media, so it's tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of fans. When you see fans writing on Twitter and, and putting um, Hosselu in tweet as well, saying "Get out of my club, you useless cunt," it's 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 just it's just really abysmal. It's it's poor, it's immature, and it's utterly unnecessary. And um, I think, uh, and Hossel is clearly somebody who is active on, uh, he, he tweets all the time, he puts videos of his kid on there, pictures of him and he's on there, and, you know, why does he need to read Solomon cunt? I mean, it's it's not going to help anything, it's not your kind of support, and it's, uh, as I say, totally unnecessary, and he did, he did what was it, what was it for that sort of first 45-50 minutes, his link-up player was good, yes, it was far from the goal, but we have to remember, you know, we're not... Not exactly a prolifically attacking side. He's just doing the job that he's been put in there to do. Um, in terms of Saturday against Chelsea, of course, why not? Based on what Omirovic did, and based on the fact that Hasselhoff played pretty much every game this season, give him a chance. Um, or hold, hold off, because I hear, I hear to say this Saturday's going to be a very, very tough game. And part of me thinks, well, if we're going to start with Mitro, should we not start with him at the home game where we've got a better chance of winning? Um, Aaron's, I would definitely start with Aaron's. I thought he was really effective in the game on. And uh, Murphy probably does need a rest. And I would like to see Shelby and Marino start because they're just they're just quality players when when they play together. I mean, I don't know I don't know what the stats are, but have if, if those two have started together, have we have we lost with those two in the start line up together? I don't think so. I can't I can't think of a game um, where those two just, started. But when the two of them play together, they just um sort of uh, just look class, you know, they look really classy together and um, I just hope that uh, obviously we saw Marino lie down on his back at the end of the match for about sort of three or four minutes and we, we both got a little bit uh, a little bit twitchy but I guess that was probably just a bit of um, a bit of sort of pain because he's been out with this nothing nothing too serious I hope so I would like to see those two, those two start on Saturday in what is yes an extremely hard game but I still think against Chelsea I'll just say in defence of Hayden a little bit last night and kind of to, to take away from Shelby when Shelby came on West Brom had sacked off the midfield you know they True. weren't they weren't pressing mid- at all Shelby was able to pick the ball up run with the ball move it basically all the, thi- all of the things he wants and likes to do because it, even though it was 2-1 when Shelby came on I think or 2-0 whatever they, they had just dropped they were just like right 2 0, we're not going to score again. Try and get two goals against her, which we did. Um, and, you know, so, but still, he still did really well. I mean, his ball for the free kick for Yedlin was superb. Um, yeah. the, he, he played another ball through for someone, which was absolutely brilliant. Like, he, he's, he's a really, really good footballer. But um, I, I, just to, to bring about a Chelsea, yes, in an ideal world, I'd start Marino and Shelby. However, I'm also kind of 
conscious of the fact that one, Shelby was really effective from the bench, and two, Isaac Hayden had a good game. Sai Perez came back into the team, uh, would lost every game since he'd been dropped, would come back and get a draw. How much of that was down to him? <laughs> um, it's a funny one. In the like, in the first half, I thought after after about half an hour, when you know it'd been, it'd been a dull affair, but you would probably had the better of it. Um, but you could probably argue no one was really standing out except Perez. I thought he looked really bright. He looked like a player who'd had a, a bit of a rest, was refreshed. He was making loads of runs, getting on the ball loads, and he was actually linking up with Murphy quite a bit. We just kept giving the ball away, but that was the same as both teams. Like literally, nobody was getting to the box without just giving the ball away on either side, and it was just Perez looked like our only ch- chance of creating something. And I, I was really pleased to see him in the team again, and he provided that extra bit of cover for the midfield, especially in the first half. And you know, everything was going to plan. Everything was going to plan until until the forty sixth minute again, another stoppage time goal to concede. But I thought Perez's uh, performance was, was brilliant, and he. He's he's the only player we have, unfortunately, that can play the number ten. He's well. he's, he's got his limitations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, you can say all you want about Diarme, but Diarme uh, and Gale, but anyway, P- Perez Perez is a Premier League player. He's not he's not excellent. He's not he's not world class, but he he can he can do the job, and he just needs to get the confidence back where he can add a few more goals and assists to his game. But I think he's worthy of a place in the team. Fair enough, and I have to say, like I don't I didn't I mean I thought in the first half he was kind of guilty of being put into some very strong positions and he miscontrolled or he let the ball run his foot. But that was but, happening all over the pitch. Yes, and also he's been out of the team for however many games, yeah. so it might have been a little bit of rustiness. Um, so let's you know, let's hope that. I, I, I think he'll play Saturday, Perez. Um, I think he'll, he'll have a role to play there as well. And you know the fact that regardless of how you think he played, Newcastle's record with him in the team is very good. Um, much better than it is without yeah. him in the team, same for... Marino and Shelby, as Norman was alluding to. Just on the naivety again, I, I realised, I've totally forgot my main naive point, my whole reason of talking about naivety in the team, was DeAndre Yedlin. Um, and Rafa talked constant, has talked constantly about mistakes really letting him down, which is very true. If you look at the first goal we conceded last night, it was so poor. Number one, Jacob Murphy is under no pressure in the midfield and, and concedes the ball. Jacob, it's fucking 46 minutes Boot that ball up to the other end of the yeah. pitch. Do not lose the ball and give them one last chance. That's really poor from him. Naivety again. Number two, DeAndre Yedlin, when the switchover play happens, gets caught under the ball. He starts to go to head it. He realises he can't and Kieran Gibbs is in. Because Yedlin has great pace, he catches up with Gibbs, puts his arm on his shoulder and then decides not to foul him. He hadn't been booked. He could not have been sent off. He's got a rugby tackle him there. Yeah. He's got to push him. He's got to swipe his feet. He's got to. Th- he's got to give his colleagues a far better chance of defending the set piece than the cross, which was a very good cross. Yeah. Stood up beautifully. No way, Carl Dolo, much like Matty Phillips cross in the second half. No way the keeper could have done anything there. Very difficult to defend. Robson Carnu does his bit. That's probably wise in the team. He's literally in the team to bundle the ball in the net, isn't he, Robson Carnu? Like, you know, that's what he's good at. DeAndre Yedlin, he had a poor first half and I was really pleased that he came back well in the second half. But it's just, that there's like three errors I've just talked about there in the leader of the goal. If we get into that game at half-time nil-nil with the bench able to make an impact like we've talked yeah, about, exactly. we'll win that game in my opinion. I think we'll win that game from what I saw last night from how poor West Brom were, how limited they were, how the crowd were on West, West Brom's backs later in the game. I just think it's like, we kind of keep getting mullered by our own players doing things which have kind of nothing to do with ability they're just mistakes and that's why Rafa calls them mistakes 
It's because they are. DeAndre Yedlin's had two bad games, or one and a half bad games. I thought he did well second half. Like, I, I still think he's a good player. I don't think he's shit. But he, he needs to give his teammates a better chance than he is of, of reacting to his mistakes because he did the same on Saturday. He could have, for the third goal, he could have committed a foul, let the team reset, work hard, but he must do better if he's going to stay in the team because we aren't blessed with right-back options. It's basically him and Mankio. But there we go. Um, a frustrating one there. So, side the chip- Speaking of left back, oh, sorry. Go on, Norman. Sorry, lads. Go on, Norman. Speaking of left backs, um, I just did either of you um, know how much Gibbs cost West Brom? Because I thought he was two last night. And how much was that? Eight million. About seven, eight. Well, I mean that that's eight million for someone like Gibbs is. I mean, you know, obviously problems with injuries, and I don't know what his wage. He must be on a decent wedge. But that that that's a bargain. I thought he was um, excellent last night. It just it's one of those that just makes you wonder. I wish you know, I wish we could have spent seven or eight million on on Kieran Gibbs. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure Rafa tried because it was left back yeah. was one of the positions he wanted to sign. Left back's one of the positions yeah. who struggled. He, he didn't. We've we've been quite quite positive about Mankio, but Rafa didn't want to have to buy Mankio. He's a left back. I'm sure he'd have much preferred yeah. a, a Kieran Gibbs as he's, he's a right back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but. Uh, Sai, which change do you reckon had me in my hotel pre-match with Norman at the bar leaping off my seat when I heard it? <laughs> and Bemba? No. <laughs> Obviously, the, the goalkeeping situation. Take it away. <laughs> no, you take it I'm asking you. Everyone knows my thoughts. I'll yeah, ask you. No, I was, I was of Deep course, packet, yeah. I was pleased to see um, see a change there. Look, look not not every game we've lost this season has been um, Rob Elliott's fault, but he's... he's if you think back across all the games so far, you can't really think of a game where he's gained us a point or gained us, he's kept us in a game or anything. If if they have a decent shot, it's just gone in. He's he's made the obvious saves, and you know, it's just, I was quite pleased to just see a change there, and it just it's got to happen sooner or later. We need a proper keeper. We do, and Darlow didn't really have anything to do last night. He came off his line a couple of times really well, and caught the ball. Which almost gave me a heart attack. I'm so like not used to seeing a keeper coming <laughs> yeah. and claiming an easy ball, but he also came out and spilled one. West Brom really scored, but you know, rustiness, etc., etc. Um, he, yeah, I was just so positive, and it, we've kind of we've we've talked about it. We've said this and that, and thought, well, maybe this and no. Rafa didn't pick his best keeper to start of the season for me, and I think dropping your Premier League goalkeeper. Look at all the teams playing the Premier League this this round of midweek fi- fixtures. Who's dropped the goalkeeper? No one, because you don't do it in the Premier League. You don't rotate your goalkeepers. Um, I think he's made a mistake there. I don't think it's cost twenty points personally. I think Robert could have done much better. Some people disagree. Some people think he's done fine, and that's fair enough. It's it's the same as last season. He's 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 chosen a number one, and he started the season with him. He's not going to throw him under the bus until he absolutely has to. And you know he's got fifteen games in now, and he's thought right, we need a change because you know Raf is very. Uh, very maths driven man he'd be looking at the stats and saying look you're just not, not making enough saves you yeah. know the shots on goal to, the shots on goal to goal ratio must be must be appalling so yeah. you know you know, he's had his chance he's had 15 games to to, to really try and cement that number one it's just not worked from speaking of uh, throwing keepers under a bus I, it is the one year anniversary exactly of Holloway <laughs> in the quarter final when like what a few golden minutes like everyone listening probably knows this literally the away end was still celebrating Diame's yeah, goal yeah, yeah. as uh, bloody Matt Sells threw, slapped, threw, slapped the ball threw one in like <laughs> um, and the rest is history but that was a cold night Yeah, cold. it was cold last night Norman but last, last year at Hull was like 
f- fucking Baltics. Temperatures was not a fun drive back that. Um, <laughs> particularly after extra time and pens. Um, but yeah, delighted to see Carl back in goal. I know not everyone will agree. Um, it's now Dollar's chance to cement his place. Still think we need a keeper in January, like, but time will tell if we get one. Um, I suppose I just want to have a quick word about the defence and sticking with players. Um, I thought the defence were very good last night, and I know we conceded two goals, um, and one of them was very poor. I think the, the ball from Matty Phillips was just sensational, and in a very poor game, low on quality, that ball from that position. And yeah, you know what, you could argue Yedlin probably could defend it better as well with the lad nipping at the back post. But um, Yedlin's no one near him, it's another it's, mistake. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a brilliant cross, but there's, some no fucking ball. Not, there's no excuse for not being on your man. Yeah, you know. but I'm really pleased that he stuck with Yedlin, and I know that does, that sounds illogical, but it's almost like, and I'm really pleased he stuck with Hoslu because they were both fucking terrible against Watford, and it's like, yeah, like you you mentioned throwing players under a bus, it was like a little bit of you know show support from the manager, keep their heads up, and you know what Yedlin probably didn't repay him, um certainly not in defensive sense. It is is the half war on yesterday? Yedlin was excellent. He won the free kick to get with equaliser, well via a Matt Ritchie thunderbolt and um. <laughs> And uh, a deflection, but you know, I think as well, sticking with Clark and Lejeune, who who we were very critical of on the podcast on Saturday night, um, because because they were terrible. It's not a a secret, but I thought Clark and Lejeune were excellent last night. Nout came through the middle from West Brom. They communicated well. They were talking to each other. Um, I had the misfortune with Norman to be like right at the fucking front. I hate that. I hate it. It in a way ends. So I probably heard. Me complain about this numerous times. The view when your pitch side is shit. Yeah. Um. My depth perception is so bad. Like I think we're through on goal, and the lads are on the halfway line. Um. But the, you know Lejeune and Clark were both really really good last night, and Bemba was excellent. And and it, it's weird because Marty Phillips is obviously playing against a guy who plays centre back. First half he tries to do chancel three or four times. Chancel every day of the week beats him gets the ball, wins free kicks. And it's almost like that that second goal for West Brom is kind of a product of chance of being so good yeah. that Matt Phillips thinks, well, I'm not going to try and beat him. I'm just going to hit it back stick. My, my only criticism, I thought Mbemba played really well. He really is a quality footballer. He just doesn't yeah. seem to have a place in this team. He's, 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 he's a cut above quite a lot in terms of his actual quality. Oh, he's fourth through centre. Yeah, he just, <laughs> he just can't, can't get a break. Um, I th- he was obviously putting the team for his, his physicality and especially against Phillips. So he, and I thought he handled him really well. But the fact that he's not a fullback showed a little bit because the crosses did keep coming in. Yeah. Like that's the one thing as a fullback I'd like to see. We're terrible at it. Stopping yeah, crosses. Stopping crosses. The crosses just keep coming in. Everything else, as you say, he was even he's he wasn't getting done by him once. He wasn't having his pants down. If anything, it was the other way around, and he dealt with his physicality really well. But yeah, the that cross, especially in the last ten minutes of the first half, um, the balls were coming in, and he just felt like something was going to happen, and then just after half time, it did. Um, but other than that, I thought Ben was brilliant, and I really want to see him get more games because he he is a good player. He's it's one of those ones where I think a West Ham at home, I think a Stoke at home, games were won, and he was excellent at left back there. Brighton away, he has a stinker. He's possibly at fault for the goal. Yeah, it seems like he's been maybe judged a little bit more harshly by the manager in terms of like I've just said, he stuck with Yedlin there, he stuck with Hosselu. Um, and kind of showing faith in them and as soon as Chancel seems to make a mistake or be at fault he's out of the side do you think that's a fair assessment or do you think there's more play than that? Rafa doesn't like to play players out of position so I don't think he's going to stick with him at full back if he has to um, he'd much rather play 
play a fullback who will understand the position and, and do and do the job he's told. So I, I'd imagine that's why he, he quickly finds fullbacks back in, in at fullback. Yeah, fair enough. Norman, tell us a little bit about the you know, your trip obviously last night up from London back to London and what did you make of the support in the away end? Um, it was noisy at times, but uh, there was a there seemed to be a, a quite a substantial amount of fans singing anti IRA songs, which I just can't I can't wrap my head around to be to be perfectly honest with you. Um, again, it, you just think it's the noise is fantastic, but these these songs are pretty unnecessary, aren't they? Um, well, it's just it's I mean, just it's just to wind up James McLean, isn't it? Which it doesn't clean doesn't, but. but of course, yeah, it's a wind up McLean, but like you say, like you say, and I think I said at the time, it, it's not, it doesn't wind him up, and it just sounds, just sounds a bit, bit crap, really, doesn't it? Um, but I thought in general, I thought the the atmosphere was good. There was, the, you know, there were some shout whinge and shouts um, in the off time um, on the in the kind of in the in the box. That's what it was basically. <laughs> uh, there was a kid. Um, there was. <laughs> <laughs> there was a kid just absolutely slaughtering Hosselu, um, slaughtering Hosselu and crying out for Mitro and another fan like, had a go at him and said what you're talking about and you know he made a lot of points about Mitro that weren't that weren't particularly positive and it, yeah it was just it was just um, it, it was just a it was an odd one as I say re- really noisy but um, at the same time I, I wasn't um, I wasn't feeling the love too much to be, to be honest. I uh, was a weird. You felt no, I felt I felt the same way. It was at times really loud um really positive and then at other times it was like you know the, the chanting from Mitro pisses us off everyone knows that when he's not on the pitch when he's on the pitch we sing his name I sing his name um but it does it does the other players no favors at all but it was just a little bit like the amount of people getting on Hostler's back was just you know the, the managers come out this week and begged the fans to get behind the team in a section of the away sport last night we were paid him by Basically, calling Hosselu a cunt at every single opportunity. I mean, the lads around us, no one were just like difficult to be around because they were so negative mm-hmm. um, all night. And you know, it, it's just part. It's you know, you, you get it at away games, you get it at, at any level of football. But you know what? Two thousand six hundred people on a a Tuesday night on a freezing cold Tuesday night at that. It's got to be um, got to be applauded. I wish people didn't sing songs about the IRA as well. But it's, I mean, <laughs> to be I fair. I was gonna say. To be fair, the Pardew, the Pardew songs at the end were hilarious. Yeah, the Pardew song was class, lads. Singing them, um, you're getting Pardew in the morning to the tune of "Sacked in the Morning" was probably a one of the highlights of the season in terms of away support so far, um, and it is true as well. But I was just about oh, I can't remember what I was gonna say. I was gonna say something else about the support, but it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, great, great numbers again, and uh, you know everyone, everyone stuck with the team as well. It, it, it there was a couple of grumbles at two 0 and there was a couple of, but it was the minority, and um, this, you know that support were kind of like, you know, it was really good to be in the away and where we built up that head of steam after we got the first goal. I mean, how bad, by the way, was West Brom's Morgan for uh, for Kieran Clark? Absolutely, hilariously bad. But Norman, <laughs> yeah. do you want to give yourself a pat on the back here for the, for the equaliser? What happened between me and you? Uh, you, you, um, you <laughs> because of the angle, you turned around and said, um, what's he going to do? And I said, he's going to score. And, uh, well... He didn't quite score, but the ball went in. <laughs> it was just, it was just, it was just like a, it was almost like a prophecy. Yeah. You know what I mean? What I actually said was. I feel like. Uh, yeah. What I actually said was, I don't know what he does here because of the angle. I don't know whether he floats it or smashes it, 
and you went, he just needs to score something like that. <laughs> and he did, he scored. Yeah. So that was... Uh, yeah. That was nice. Um, it was good scenes. It was good. It was good scenes at the um, at, yeah at the goal as well. I mean, that was the thing is two 0 down and we coming back and equalising in the last ten minutes is always a fucking brilliant feeling. And um, it was the the celebrations were I thought they were you know they were suitably raucous. It was it was a very good moment. I just I just wish that um, the match could have gone on for another five minutes because we were really in the ascendancy uh, by that point and. Um, I, I definitely think we would have gone on and won. And I mean, obviously, you know, if he scored a third goal, I don't think I'd be home now. To be honest with you, <laughs> the the ref bottled it in terms of injury time, and, and I knew he would because it was that kind of ref and that kind of night. Four minutes mm-hmm. when there was three goals, six subs, about twenty fouls. One of the West Brom's player was down for two or three minutes. Loads of communication with players and stuff like that. Four minutes was a a piss take. Um, but you know, I can't. It's <laughs> You know, one more, one, one or two more minutes might have done, but there was only one team going to win it. You're right, Norman. Um, I suppose we'll just last word on West Brom here from me. I, I, I kind of get the feeling we're in a bit, little bit of a phony wart part of the season where no one really looks at the league table. It's weird. Like no, like even last night after the game, I was looking at our points position and not really interested in the league table. And people say you don't look after the league table. You don't look at the league table until maybe eight or ten games in. Well, we're fifteen games in now or sixteen games in now, whatever it is. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like, I, I suppose everyone's just waiting for December and waiting for January or waiting for it to go to the bottom three before people either start panicking or relaxing and we're kind of a bit a bit in no man's land. And you, you look at, I mean, Southampton are playing tonight, so I don't know how they're getting on, but we're a point behind Southampton and that's positive because Southampton have been in decent form recently. We, get, we give a good account of ourselves. I don't think anyone realistically thinks Southampton are going to get relegated and we're a point behind them. However, on the other hand, um, it's, you know, Everton are winning right now. They're winning 2-0 against West Ham as we record this. So how close are they going to beat us? Well, they're supposed to, supposedly a, a crisis club. What will this take them? Two or three points behind one? And we'll play them soon. So it's just so up in the air where we how this season is turning out. You can't really rate the season so far because we need to look at the positives. You can look at negatives. You can look at the difficult fixtures to come. You could. It's just hard because... I don't know. I've never really felt. I've never really had a season like this in a number of years where I still don't know where we are at this late stage. Sign. I think that's fair enough. Or yeah, no, think? absolutely. Um, it's a weird one because before the game, we're thinking we really have to win here, and you you kind of looking at West Brom who haven't won since August and saying anything other than a, in three points this year is disappointing. Obviously, the way it panned out, the point is a good one, and when you look at the Premier League and the way it is, in a way, point is is is. Is a point you're taking away point in every away game doesn't matter who you're playing, so, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know where we are. I haven't got a clue. We're off the back of four defeats in a row. That's not going to happen loads, um. But equally, we've got some tough games coming up. So, yeah, you just don't know where the points are going to come from. But with Rafa, and a full strength team, the points could come from any game. So I'm not, I'm not really worried. Um, I think it is about getting to January and getting to January in. in so not not in absolute crisis, which would be in the bottom three. If I was being hypercritical, and I'm and I'm not, but if I was, it almost felt like it was like that in McLaren, wasn't it? Yeah. It was get to January, and then it was blow your load in January and hope it works. And it, obviously it didn't. Now it'll be different this reason. Potentially the sale, obviously a far better manager, a, a, a team that gives a shit, all that kind of stuff. But it's it's just like, and, and back to last night's game quickly, it just it's just starting to piss us off a little bit. I'm sure it'll piss Rafa off. We controlled that game for most for most of last night. We controlled that game. 
and we're, and we're happy with a point and I just kind of feel that soon enough we're going to have to start being more ruthless less naive and start winning games like that because I think the positive about last night even though West Brom didn't have a manager is that I think we were a better side than West Brom we've gone to their place we've played some nice football we had more shots we had more shots on target we had more possession we had more passes I know statistics can be you know manipulated but I thought we were the better team um, we, we were the better team we, we made two mistakes as, as, we've, as we've talked about but so what, what on that we need, we need to win the game for me but the point, you know, we've, we've talked about, we've gone over it now, the point is positive, isn't it, because because of what happened. Yeah, well, we've not been the better team for four or five games, so it was good to see we just outplay somebody. And yeah, conceding the two goals as a mayor, but we, as you say, if we can get that level of performance again in, in, in some of the next games, we'll get more points and then everyone relaxes a bit, which is what we need. So then, Sai, with that in mind, tell me how we're going to win at Chelsea. <laughs> we're not going to win at Chelsea. We're just, we're not going to win at Chelsea... <laughs> If we if we if we dig in, we talked about it before the Man U game. If we can dig in and get to half time, um, at nil nil or even by taking an early lead, because we all you know, we always come out the out the traps in these big games. <laughs> um, I don't know. T- defensively, we we need we need, you know that Raffle been working on all the stupid stuff that's happened in the last three or four games, so we should we should be sharp. I, I can't see we're getting the hammering like we did at Old Trafford, but it's a big ask getting anything other than you know a narrow defeat. What con? Well, I said this before, man. You what constitutes success on Saturday? Nil nil. <laughs> well, obviously, obviously nil nil. But I mean, last night before the game last night, um, me and Norm were saying to each other would take nil nil now, and then the, the games panned out and absolutely wouldn't have taken nil nil. And I wish we, I think we should have won the game. You know, is it just to get in, get out without without a hammering? It's, yeah, you just you just don't want any any of the players who've had their confidence shot to have another mare. So I'm I'm talking about your your Lejeunes. Lejeune's had a couple of wobbles, you know, a couple of bad games, and we kind of we need him to be good, especially while Lascelles is out. So as long as he and you know Yed, you've mentioned Yedlin as well, if he has another shocker, then we will start worrying about players. But so if we can get through it, and no one's kind of stood out as having a really terrible game, regardless of the score, I'll take that. Norman, same question to you. Can you, well, I suppose just can you see the United getting anything from um, from Saturday? Man, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> um, the, the thing is, you know, we're football fans, and um, we're, you know, we're, we're idiots, really, because there is a part of you, there is a part of you that, and there is a part of me that thinks, you know what, teams do go in there and get results. You know, barely beat them on the first day of the season. You know, we could just have one of those days, and and you think like, well, we might we might make a point. Um, but the reality is, of course, I, I, I don't I don't see us getting anything, um, and that's not. That's not being negative. I think that's just being realistic. Um, and as Sai says, if we go there and we lose by one goal or two, as long as the players, you know, at the end of the match, they're not walking, they're not kind of trudging off of their heads down. It's not like being a, it's not being an absolute mullering, nor the, having kind of lost, um, lost the communication in the team's spirit, like in the you know the sort of sixtieth minute. Um, as long as we kind of just keep it competitive, for for as long as possible, then. Then that'll be all right. Um, even even Man U, even even the fact it was a four-one defeat against Man U, we, um, I think you called the the podcast no shame, and that's exactly what it was. And you'd like to think that we can go down there, just create a few chances, as I say, keep it tight, and um, just come out with a not necessarily with heads held high, but just not bowed, you know, and then um, pick up for the for the Leicester match, which which to be fair, the Leicester match, if we get three points in that, um, 
you were mentioning not not kind of giving the, the table any thought at the moment. The they will start thinking about the table. I think after the Christmas fixtures, and the Christmas fixtures really start with with that Leicester match. So let's just hopefully go into the Leicester match with um with our heads up and, and ready to go. I'm gonna go for a ridiculously optimistic two-two draw because driving back this morning from Birmingham, I was thinking about the game and uh, just in my little own weird world in my head. I just thought, you know, you know what he might do. He might go Mitt Rowe and Gale up front in a four-four-two. You know, when we played Barnes in the last day of the season and they had like four minutes together and we scored, and people were like, "That's it, <laughs> that's the partnership right there between the two of them." Um, I just feel like Gale because Gale not getting any time last night at all. The clamour for Mitt Rowe and Mitt Rowe doing well when he came on, um, and and the fact that Rafa went to Old Trafford and was like, you know what, fuck this, <laughs> we're going to get beat if we just sit back and defend like everyone has. We may as well try and put them under some pressure, and we should have probably been at least two goals up. So I reckon we'll go Mitt Rowe and Gale. We'll we'll have an absolute blinder. Um, Rolando Aaron's will play really well. Marina will play really well, and we'll go two 0 up inside half an hour, and then we'll concede right on half time because that's just that's the crack, isn't it? Like that's yeah. what we do. Um, we'll concede right on half time, and we'll concede on sixty, and then we'll be like laughing on the podcast next week, like oh two 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 like two 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 draws, or oh, two's there. Do you um could you not be any more specific with that prediction? <laughs> yeah, no, too vague, isn't it? Um, you're mental. You're, you're mental. Dare to dream, sigh. That's what the Magnums used to say before they were absolutely dog shit at everything. Um, I am going to to each lads <laughs> your predictions. Sigh first. <laughs> it would be very un un like to to break anything other than a result. So I'll go one one. I think we're pissing this year, lads. Norman, can you bring some negativity to the party? Absolutely not. I'm not predicting we'll lose, even though we will. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna see. Um, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go for threes each. Alex. <laughs> I've seen I've seen this win at Stamford Bridge, and Alan Pardew was the manager then, so we'll, we'll be fine. Uh, we beat them under um, Hutton as well in the League Cup, didn't we? We did. I four three. But, Neil Rajak on the score sheet that game. Basically, just a happy hunting ground if you only think of the games we won. Not the many many defeats over the years there. I mean, we could give you a proper in-depth view of the game, but it's like, we've just got back from West Brom. I'm absolutely nagged. Norman's nagged. Si's nagged as well, but he, he got a full night's kip in his own bed. <laughs> um, so we'd, we'll see how that one goes. Like I said, we'll be back with Craig Hope, hopefully. Um, Monday night, we'll do that one. So a bit of a wait for the podcast compared to normal. But uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'd, no YouTube video this week, which we've been doing because we're sat here doing this instead. Um, and... You know, Craig Hope, one lads, will be my last for a little while, or probably because me and Si are off to Australia to watch England win the Ashes 4-1. Um, so, you know, you'll have Norman most likely hosting from now on. No pressure, Norman. Um, oh, I mean, I've, I've no doubt it's going to be an unmitigated disaster, but you know what? <laughs> hey, let's just see how it goes. So when Norman does host the podcast, if you want to tweet loads of positive stuff from him to, uh, you know, get his, uh, get his confidence up, etc., please do. And, uh, yeah. Everyone who's left a review for the show on iTunes, thanks very much. Much appreciated. Uh, give a follow at uh, Pod on Twitter. And that's everything. We'll speak to you after the 3 all draw, 2-2 draw, 1-1 draw at, uh, at Chelsea. You're asking for positivity towards Norman there. That By, by our fan base, that probably means he'll get a, a shed loads of abuse from a, from a minority. Shite! All right, I well, see what you, you mean. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to I'm just gonna have to deal with it. You know what? I get, I get plenty of validation off... off um, me, me mother and me wife, so I'm all right. <laughs> right. That'll do <date> me. <laughs> right, cheers.